Welcome to the Wormhole Manifest Podcast, where I, Wormhole Matt, interview and converse with a different special guest or guests every week about a wide array of topics with a focus on occasionally, apparently, um, mental health. So tonight I will be conversing with the uh, with none other than Tom Stewart. He's worked in broadcasting, stand-up comedy, is a content creator, author, and what I'm most excited to speak with him about tonight He's also a paranormal investigator. Uh, we didn't get a chance to have a Halloween episode, Halloween episode this year, so hopefully this will uh, kind of fill that gap. Um, Tom, your name has been added to the manifest, and once we lift off, I'm hoping our destination won't be oh. too spooky, but we just never know where the wormhole will take us. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Matt. I'm very happy to be in Matt's wormhole. <laughs> Uh, so getting started here, I want to, uh, I'm excited about this first of all, because when I, when I started doing a little bit of research on you, I was like, wow, this guy's, uh, I've, I've known a few paranormal investigators in the past and, um, some of their stories have just kind of mm -hmm. like been just amazing. Like, I'm like, I, I, what do I need to do to get into that world? But I just never had the time or the, the resources to get into that kind of, uh, of a hobby, I guess, or like, um, you know, just never had a chance to get into that. Like, and it's something that it's always, uh, uh, I've always been a fan of it and I've always been, you know, excited to learn about things that are paranormal. I've, I've been a fan of, uh, of mm -hmm. the X-Files since, you know, it came out. Um, I'm, you know, huge sci-fi no, fan yeah. and, and all that. And, uh, there's just a lot of stuff. So I'd like to start off by asking you to tell the folks out there, um, just a little bit about yourself, like where you're from um, and how, what kind of got you started in this. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm originally from Rhode Island. I live in Massachusetts now, though, just, you know, just over the line. And um, yeah, I got into paranormal investigation uh, some years ago, but it's kind of something I was doing most of my life. Starting back when I was a teenager, I was very curious and I was always exploring things and checking out legends and things like that. I, I grew up uh, right near Providence, Rhode Island, and there's a lot of history there, a lot of historic uh, buildings and a lot of historic cemeteries and, um, you know, no shortage of legends and, and lore to check out. So I was uh, I was a bit of a goonie as a kid. So I was always exploring. I was always looking for ghosts <laughs> or UFOs or buried treasure or whatever I could find. Um, and then when I became an adult, uh, I ended up living in a house that was haunted. And that experience led me to wanting to learn as much as I could about the paranormal. I, I, I've never been the type of person who's afraid of things I don't understand. I just want to learn more about them. So I started cracking open books and, and started reading documentaries or, and watching documentaries, rather, and just learning as much as I could about the paranormal, about ghosts, about hauntings and spirits and such. And that eventually led to me seeing TV shows like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures and thinking to myself, well, now that I have all this knowledge and I have personal experience, maybe I can go out and help people with their situations as well. So um, I ended up looking up local paranormal teams in Rhode Island. And the most famous one would be TAPS, which is from the TV show Ghost Hunters. Um, they weren't hiring <laughs> at the time. Hmm. Um, so I ended up um, with this really great team called Rise Up Paranormal. 
which is founded by uh, Ken DeCoster and his son, David, and um, just a fabulous team of people there. Sent them an email, said, hey, hey, I'm really interested, and here's what I could bring to the team. And I met with them, and it was like we were we were friends right off the bat. And so I investigated with them for um, several years, and we got to do some really amazing stuff. Um, we met lots of great people. We helped lots of people. Um, I think we collected lots of evidence and data along the way. And then a few years ago, I actually took a step back from paranormal investigation because, like you were saying, it's a big commitment. There's a lot to it. So I kind of started focusing on doing my own thing. You know, life got in the way, work and personal relationships, things like that. But uh, I started doing the podcast and um, and I've sort of kind of become more of a paranormal consultant now, which was nothing I ever heard of. And I don't know if it's even a thing, but now I just kind of like people who have questions or uh, or situations related to the paranormal. They reach out to me and I try to help them, you know, via email or phone calls or whatnot. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at now. So, yeah. And the, the podcast oh, wow. is just me telling my personal stories related to the paranormal, whether it be as an investigator or just in my past life. Wow. That's, that's really cool. Like, because, um, I, I started listening to the podcast and I think I'm up to like about episode eight or so. And then I listened before I listened to the first episode, I started with the, uh, the most recent, I guess you were, uh, it was like a Q and a, I think with the, some people that were, I guess, wrote emails in asking questions. Yeah, I did a, yeah, but the last episode I uploaded was a, yeah, it was a Q&A. I get lots of emails, and so I like to take some of the, the better questions and, and just do Q&A episodes every couple of months or so, um, just to add some different content outside of the stories, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, yeah, and then I like to do interviews like this, too, because people always have questions, and they always want to hear my stories, which is why I started the podcast. You know, I, I always wanted to be a podcaster. I just didn't know what to do it about. And then I realized, oh, I keep telling all these stories to people all the time. Why don't I just tell them on the podcast? And that's how it kind of started yeah, off. Yeah, that's a great idea, too, because, like, I mean, immediately when I first started listening, I was like, I'm like, this guy, and, and I read your bio, and you're, like, been in, like, broadcasting and stuff, and I'm like, you have, like, this perfect, like, radio, like, narrator mm -hmm. kind of voice, you know? Like, I'm like, this guy could <laughs> read, um, you, you yeah. could do the, the live readings of, of um or recordings of like books, you know, like, and do like audio book, you're like a perfect audio book voice, mm -hmm. you know, like you sound mm -hmm. very similar to like, uh, I've listened yep. to a lot of the, uh, Dean Koontz audio books. Um, I got through like tons of, uh, his mm -hmm. books listening to audio. Cause I used to drive, I lived on the East coast for a while. Um, and I'm originally from St. Louis, um, in the Midwest. So it's like, I used to drive from Maryland to St. Louis, like, several times a year so like those audiobooks really helped get me by and uh man he's a good author you know i just love the, <laughs> the yeah. kind of crazy stories he writes and uh he is he is and i'm like you yeah. you'd be like well, i appreciate that i mean i did i spent yeah yeah i spent like uh you know 25 years working in radio and television so wow. i do have that kind of voice and that was why i wanted to do a podcast i was like oh this is like the new version of broadcasting so yeah. I get to be my own boss and, and do my own thing. And so, yeah, so when I decided to combine it with the paranormal, that's, um, you know, and, and, and I've done a few audio books here and there, nothing exciting. I mean, I, I wrote a book and, you know, did my own audio book, but I did a few other ones, but they weren't anything. They're not like hmm. Dean Koontz or anything like that. They were more like, uh, you know, nonfiction type stuff. 
But that's what I'm looking to get into now that I kind of work for myself and I've got my little studio here. Uh, I'm try- trying to get more into um, just doing voiceover stuff and audiobooks and things like that from home to try to be my be an entrepreneur in that way, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely think you got the voice for it, and like obviously the experience too. So um, if you could do it from home and yeah, like, thank you. You know that it would be great. Like I, I'm doing this podcast. I've done a podcast in the past, and I was doing it with my wife, but like uh, it got to be like pretty overwhelming back then this was several years ago and i was kind of like in the middle of a lot of a lot of things you know a lot of a lot of crisis i guess mental health crisis <laughs> i was like can't do this anymore mm-hmm. but uh I'm, I'm starting to come out of that fog in the past like year and a half or so and uh i'm like i gotta do something i gotta get creative you know because 20 something years ago i would i would like uh record music and whatnot but um just uh I was like, well, I want to get back into podcasting, but I want to do it with the, you know, like some kind of purpose. And that newest Mm -hmm. thing that came up to me was like, um, the mental health challenges, you know, like I want to kind of share some Mm -hmm. of those stories, you know, but also I want to like communicate people with people because, um, like sitting in my house, the whole pandemic, you know, it's like, I'm not, I, I totally got. Yeah. Like not used to speaking in public, you know, and, and I've had like public speaking um, uh, aspects of jobs I've had in the past and stuff, you know, where I had to teach a class or speak in front of like students and stuff. And it's just uh, I'm like totally fell out of it. I'm like, I need to get back into learning how to communicate verbally, you know, like it's just mm-hmm. lack mm-hmm. of social uh, social gatherings and things, you know, it just it just wasn't good. So. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, this if, is kind of like have, therapy for me. <laughs> yeah. If you have mental, mental situations, issues, I mean, I suffer from depression, anxiety, PTSD. So I know where you're coming from. And if you're a creative person, the best thing to do for self-help is to create things, uh, learn new things. Those are the, just keep your brain busy so it doesn't take you to other dark places instead. That's, you know, I've got yeah. podcasts. I'm always writing. I'm always doing something. I'm always playing video games or something to keep my brain busy because yeah i know what you mean it's it's a it's a constant daily battle with the demons in my head and you can't let them win so you got to distract them somehow (laughs) yeah yeah um i guess getting more into like the the paranormal thing because that's like just very interesting to me um i've got a few questions here i've written down like and like i said i was uh listening to the podcast um Mm -hmm. The, the one thing I wanted to point out, the one thing that that kind of that kind of got me uh, as I was listening was the episode about um, about pets that passed oh, away. Yeah. And yeah. Um, when, when you spoke about uh, about your dog, um, that one hit me kind of hard because I was like, I'm like, wow, that I, I know exactly what that's like. And, and I had a pet dog and and I lost him and, and like. It just, it took me many, many years to like, and I, and I still, you know, this has already been like 12 years ago and I haven't gotten over it yet, you know, and it's just something that's, you know, I've dealt with a lot of loss in my life and, and a pet is your family. Like they become Mm -hmm. like your best friend. And that's like, you know, that grief and that loss can, uh, can, can stay with you. And it could be, you know, just as bad as, as lo- losing a human friend or family, you know, and it's, uh, there's no real difference. It's still at that hole that's in there. So I, you know, my condolences go to you, um, with the, the loss of your pet. And, uh, 
I definitely know what that's like, but like the, the content of your show, like just listening and listening to it and then having something like that come up, it really helps the, the listener, like, especially like me to identify with you as a person mm -hmm. and what you, you know, went through. But then when you went on and told the rest of the story, I was like, mm -hmm. wow, that's like, it was really cool. Like, I, I'm just, I don't know, like, I don't know. That episode it was really good. And, and I, I, like I said, I'm up to like eight or something like that now. But um, the the thing I wanted to, to, to ask first was in like during your time of doing like the ghost hunts and stuff like that, what, what would, and you probably had this question a bunch of times, but what was the most shocking experience that you've had during a ghost hunt? Like, yeah, yeah. That's one of the most popular questions. That's yeah. probably something. That's um, and there's no, real one answer yeah. for it because um i think everybody's opinion of what's shocking or scary or freaky is is different but um i mean right. i've been touched i've heard voices I, i've seen things move um some of the stuff that has really blown me away though has been stuff that we've recorded on video or on audio when you know we record evps electronic voice phenomenon and we get responses and we catch voices that i know for a thousand percent, they shouldn't be there, and they are. Um, you know, I've we've caught video of doors moving, of rocking chairs rocking, and none of these things should be moving. Um, but yeah, I mean, in person, I've definitely wow. uh, been touched not in a not in a malicious way, but I've been I've been touched by something in a room that I, I didn't know it was there. Yeah. Um, and and um, yeah, I've seen uh objects move i remember um one of my very first investigations that i ever went on um we set up a vacuum cleaner and and i talk about this in one of my episodes and the reason uh, that you know the paranormal team set up the vacuum cleaner is because on a previous investigation uh while they were investigating the vacuum cleaner fell over into one of the investigators almost as if somebody had pushed it into them so on this investigation we set that same vacuum cleaner up in the middle of the room and we put two different ir infrared cameras pointed at it so we had two different cameras recording what would happen and we kept asking the spirit to knock the vacuum cleaner over and finally it did and with with much force to the point where it it fell over and you could see the wheels kind of jump off the ground and and back up again and we caught it on video from two different angles. And I saw it with my with my naked eyes and, you know, nearly pooped myself <laughs> because there was no explanation whatsoever for that vacuum cleaner moving the way it did. You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, so there's been lots of lots of freaky things that wow. can happen. But I'll tell you, it's rare. It's rare that it happens. Um, you know, it's not like you see on the TV shows where every week something yeah. freaky happens. Um, you know, most of the time you spend four or five hours in some dark basement talking to the darkness and nothing happens. You know, that's how it is most of the time. But occasionally, you know, you get lucky and I've been lucky enough to investigate yeah. some very historic and very legendarily haunted places too. So, um, I think that kind of improved some of our odds of seeing or experiencing hmm. things. Yeah, that's got to be exciting because, like, it, you know, if you go to a place that's been visited a lot and it has, like, that reputation of being, like, a haunted place, you know, I think there was a show, like, not too, uh, might have been a while ago, it might have been, like, 10 years ago, but it was, like, the world's, like, most haunted places or something, and it, like, would do these little, uh, mm -hmm. each episode was, like, a different different place, but, like, 
you know, these, the, those places, they get this huge reputation. So like, if you have a chance to go to, if, even if it's a local reputation, cause I live in the Midwest and I'm not too far from Kansas city, but there's areas that have a lot of like civil war history and stuff, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. um, there's these, you know, the local legends of like whatever, you know, all the stories of things that happen there. They say that they're like haunted by, uh, the civil war, like soldiers and things like that, you know? So, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's like a big thing any like everywhere i remember being on the east coast and heard a lot about like civil war <laughs> stories and and places that were like haunted prisons and and things like that you know mm-hmm. so it's like imagine going to those any, places specifically place there's to been investigate a lot of energy you know any place that's had a lot of energy a lot of emotional energy those will m- more than likely mm-hmm. tend to be haunted so anything to do with war or a fort or a battlefield you know gettysburg people see ghosts there all the time you know, any kind of a, a, an old building or an old dwelling that had people suffering in it, you know, maybe something related to slavery or something like a prison or, a, a, an, you know, insane asylum, something like that, hospitals, things like that. All that energy is there and it manifests and it, it, it allows spirits to manifest, um, you know, and anything to do with, you know, people die in homes tragically or something. And that can lead to, uh, you know, spirit attachment and stuff. So, um yeah, that it's, that, was, it's that kind of leads into one of my other questions about the mm-hmm. um, um, about the I guess the I don't know if it's necessarily the scientific reasoning, but like, what do you think? It, you mentioned like the 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 energy of a place. Do you think it, it's mostly like is there a scientific um, reason for these things? Like the the way is it like physics? Is it like a multi dimensional thing? Is it like does it span like you know, space and time, does it, you know, what, what really, you know, is it just energy based? Like, is it something that just sticks to a certain area? Like, why don't they move on? Or, you know, why Mm -hmm. does it stay there? Is it like a, an echo from the, from the past, you know, like, yeah, nobody knows. I don't know. I mean, that's what we're (laughs) trying to learn. That's what we're trying to figure out. And it could be all of those things. It, it, you know, we could be experiencing all those different things and they all manifest to us as a ghost or a spirit. We just, so we just don't know. And, you know, there's not enough science, I don't think, yeah. being applied. And it's hard because, you know, with science, you have to be able to reproduce something in order to test it, in order to gather data. And mm. paranormal activity right. is very uh, rare and it's not reliable. So it's very hard to do any kind of real true scientific study of it you know until i think we learn i think we'll learn what ghosts are accidentally when we figure more things out with quantum physics or time travel or or you know different uh parallel you know uh, worlds and stuff once we learn more about those things i think that will start to tell us oh that's what ghosts were you know i don't think we'll ever learn what ghosts are i think we'll eventually Mm -hmm. learn other things and that will explain ghosts you know but for now, I know it's related to energy yeah. because it's, it always seems to have something to do with energy. And, and that's a lot of the devices we use, use, you know, read energy. So um, we know it has something to do with energy. And we know that things that um, radiate energy tend to cause more paranormal um, experiences and phenomena than, than just normal places. So, you know, if stuff's made out of granite or quartz or things like yeah. that, those types of things. Um, I've done lots of experiments with uh, 
with metallic objects, you know, conductors of electricity. Um, I've done audio experiments where I disabled the microphone, but I still get a distortion on the recording at the same time that an EVP was caught on another recorder that had the mic working. So I, I've determined through my research that it's definitely energy-based, but I don't know why or where it's coming from. Hmm. Yeah, that I mean, that makes sense because, I mean, there's so many different really like forms of energy too. Like, and like some of my research I've been doing lately is, is like uh, with like mental health stuff is, is that we do have these, um, well, we have energy within us. Like, and, and what I've come to discover is that even if, uh, um, like once we pass on, like once, once someone dies, like that energy in our body, like it, it kind of, what, what I've read, um, through one philosophy I've been studying is called biocentrism. Um, is that when you, when your energy leaves your body, like it, it becomes like waves, like probability waves. <laughs> There's like kinds of noise in here. My oh. front door is so squeaky, but, uh, yeah, like the, like these probability waves and all this stuff. And it's kind of like mixing, uh, biology and, and physics, um, is, is some of the stuff I've been studying, but it makes sense because even as we live and breathe and we do things, um, our energy levels change. Like, you know, and there's like, um, if you have a lot of like pent up energy, you know, it, you can, you can basically have different ways of expending that energy, you know, like if you can do it, you can use that energy creatively. Um, and if you don't like you can, you know, there's things like if you start to get frustrated or, or mad or angry or things like that, it's like, you're not really working through that energy or you're letting that energy like, um, not dissipate. Like, and if you feel sad, um, you get depressed, like you're not, uh, you're not expelling the energy properly. You're not letting it, uh, balance out, you know, and shift and, uh, um, and all that. So, I mean, there's like a lot of different yeah. things to it, but, uh, well, there's you know, a, it's, it's good there's to, a think of, of a lot of, of energy things go along with that of, things like meditation <laughs> prayer um positive thinking those things are all related to energy as well you know yeah and yeah i mean if you if you're depressed then you probably yeah. need to find energy or recharge yourself somehow um so that's why people do things like yoga they do things like pilates or even just going out and taking a walk you're generating some energy by doing that you know so our bodies are just vessels of energy. And like you said, when we yeah. pass away, our energy goes somewhere else. You know, in most cases, it probably dissipates into the sky or into space or something. But who knows? Maybe our energy has the ability to attach itself to something. So, you know, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know those answers. We probably never will in our lifetimes. But um, but for now, it's possible. Yeah. We know that something's happening because you know, ghosts and spirits and paranormal phenomenon have been around for thousands of years. And it doesn't matter where you're from or what ethnicity you are or what your beliefs are. It, mm -hmm. It's pretty much across the board. There's ghost stories everywhere. So something's happening. We just don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, I was trying to think today of some of the things that I've had that I've witnessed. Um, and I know like your podcast, like describes, very well, I might add, like a lot of your experiences. And uh, we're definitely going to send people your way. Like whoever listens to this, I'm going to recommend your show. Um, 
And I'm trying to think of like, if I were to do something like you're doing, like what would my stories be? And I, I know that I've had a lot of really weird, um, like situations that I've been in where I just couldn't explain what I was seeing, what I was witnessing, what was happening. Um, but like, I think, I think a lot of my years that I spent in like, in, in depression, like kind of like made it harder to access those moments, you know, like it was, it was, I was sitting there the other day and I'm thinking like, man, like when was the last time I had like a, a ghost kind of experience or like a paranormal thing? And I'm like, I don't know. Like that's it's so weird because I also was wondering if at any point, if mental health can, um, you know, like they say, like um, the people that were um, may have been like people might have been autistic back in like the like the 16, 1700s, you know, like the and you're from the East Coast, like the Salem, like the the witch burnings and things like that. Like I, I had this theory that like, well, maybe a lot of these people that were condemned and burned as witches might have just had like a mental illness or something like that. You know, we I don't know all the background or stories, but like I'm thinking that in past times where there wasn't as much uh, science and and research being done into these things like they could have just condemned someone as a heretic when they might have been autistic or something, you know, like, um, but. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, even even as as much as 50 years ago, we were still putting people in hospitals because we didn't understand that they might have been autistic or they may have had some mental disorder right. that we just didn't understand at the time. And so, yeah, you know, uh, when it was witchcraft or whatever, back in those days, they said, oh, we don't understand this person, so they must be a witch. And then, you know, as years went on, we started just putting people in hospitals, yeah. you know, and yeah. we called them insane or we called them, um, you know, inept and all these other terms and the R word and things like that. Yeah. Uh, when really it was just a, a mental health condition that no one understood. So, yeah, I mean, people with mental health issues have been considered um, monsters for for a very, very long time. And yeah. um, and and I feel like the energy because of the way they were treated can definitely lead to um, paranormal phenomenon, poltergeists. Um, possession and things like that. One of the funny things is, is spiritual attachment for some reason is related to people's health sometimes. And, and quite often, people who have mental health issues or other sicknesses or diseases, they can, for some reason, are more tuned in to spiritual things around them than most normal people. And we're not sure why. We're not sure if it's just a, a atmospheric or environmental thing or if it's something biological that we haven't understood yet yeah and that's kind of like what i was alluding to a little bit was that like you know um like with some of my past like mental health issues like i'm wondering if at any point when i was experiencing something that i couldn't explain that like i may have called paranormal or something like may have just been mm -hmm. something like in my head like if i was you know, because there's been times when I've like heard voices, you know, and, um, you know, I literally thought I was going crazy and I, and I pretty much was going crazy. I, um, I had a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff going on in my life. So it's, uh, um, it, it's no surprise that when I'm, I started feeling better about a year and about a, about a year and a half ago, I started slowly getting better, but like, um, a lot of, I, there's a lot less 
crazy things going on now that I'm like thinking more clearly and, and all this. But a couple of years ago, the, my last, now that I'm remembering my last little uh, thing was um, there was something in my office that had moved and I just randomly noticed that like that it was like a, I had a figure, I have these different like character figures on a shelf, little collectibles. And, and one of them was completely turned around backwards. And I was like, what, what is that? Why, why is that backwards? I didn't do that. And I asked, I asked my wife and I asked my kids and they're like, no, we don't touch your stuff, you know, like, and I'm like, why is one thing? I'm like, if it would have been a vibration, I tried to re you know, sit there and think of what all the, the viable logical things that could cause it. But it was one figurine that moved completely turned around backwards and all the rest of the mm -hmm. stuff on the same shelf was perfectly fine in the same spot. And I'm like, how did, how did that happen? And so that led to, it was one thing led to another and my mind started spiraling out of control thinking that the house was haunted, that, you know, um, I knew there were stories, local stories of, um, a suicide that had happened in, I don't know if it was, in, I live in a duplex on a street that has a row of duplexes and there's been many suicides that have taken place. Um, we live near a military base. So a lot of these young airmen, um, sometimes it, unfortunately it happens. And so like I, my mind started going wild. I'm like, you know, these, these past people that have killed themselves in these houses, it, this must've been one of them, you know, like I started talking to my neighbor and he's like, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on over here, man. And I'm like, really? So that uh -huh. started making me like, even, you know, I'm like going down the rabbit hole, you know, I'm like, but I'm like, at the same time, I haven't experienced anything like that since my mental health started getting better, you know, like, and yep. I'm like wondering, was that like just a part of like psychosis or something? Like, it might I don't be. know. It was it just might very be. strange. It might have been a lot of times spirits will do little things like that just to get your attention. Um, and who knows what their motivation is, but maybe, uh, there's a spirit just trying to let you know that, Hey, I'm here and I'm with you. Um, you know, it could be trying to make you laugh, you know, like, Oh, that figures backwards. That's stupid. You know, um, or who knows? I mean, um, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it, we tend to, uh, fear the things we don't understand. And, and that's one of the things I try to, um, correct with people is that, in my experience of all my, uh, you know, times of seeing something paranormal or experiencing something paranormal, I, very rarely have I ever thought that it was trying to attack me or hurt me or do anything. That's very, very, very rare. I feel like most of the time it's hmm. misunderstood and really just trying to get your attention. I, I try to think of spirits or ghosts as like a stray dog, you know, like it, it wants your attention, but it's kind of confused and scared at the mm. same time. So some of the things it does might feel threatening, but it it's really not meant to be. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of mm -hmm. sense, too, because I mean, that, that that philosophy can be applied to almost anything in life. You know, like like you said, if it's a stray dog, you know, you don't like if you just get scared and run away from a stray dog, you never it might seem like it's trying to attack you by trying to get your attention by running after mm -hmm. you and it, but if you stopped and pet it it would probably just calm down and be like you know or or anything mm -hmm. in life you know if you just take a take a step back and try to say okay let me try to understand what is going on here and not jump to conclusions you know then seems like things work out yeah. a little better when you do that anyway. It, no matter you know, what it's hard because we've got all these horror movies um, and scary TV shows and stuff. And so, you know, we're kind of 
preconditioned to think that every you know bump in the night is the boogeyman. So you know we're everyone you know is you know scared Absolutely. of that. But in most of the time, it's something not only that it's not trying to scare you, but it's also something that you could make stop on your own by simply telling it to stop. So that could be a mental thing where your your mind over matter kind of telling it to stop and then in your mind it's stopping. Or maybe it just looks at us as the superior and says, all right, I'm bothering you. I didn't mean to. I'll stop turning your toys around. You know? <laughs> maybe so. I don't know. But... uh Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here, everybody that's listening, and we'll be right back. When we come back, I want to get into a few other things. Like we talked about, you actually mentioned the word poltergeist earlier. So um, I just showed that to my kids for the first time, and I, I grew up seeing it all the time. Oh, so the like original or the remake? The original, original, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so good. I want to, I got a bunch of stuff going. written down for that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the remake yet. So everybody, hold oh, on. We'll good. be right Don't back. <laughs> welcome back to the wormhole manifest podcast i'm sitting here with tom stewart Uh, he's the host of the my paranormal story podcast and we were just talking about a lot of different things that had to do with uh, paranormal and uh, some of his background, where he's from. Um, now I wanted to get into something a little more fun. Um, we were just talking about the, uh, or we uh, we had mentioned the the movie Poltergeist, and since uh, I, my idea of ghosts and ghost stories kind of go back and and stem from. Maybe the mm-hmm. first time I saw that movie. And and I've seen a lot of different horror movies and scary movies over the years, even some older like black and white movies. I think the best one that I remember seeing that kind of got me the most was the original um, House on Haunted Hill or Haunting of Hill House. I don't know which one it was, but I think it was made in like the 50s or 60s. Um, and that one was just like really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's like pretty cool. But Later on in the 80s, mm-hmm. when uh, I saw Poltergeist, um, that was just like a whole... The thing that got me was that as a film in itself, it covered so many different um, like ideas and like different elements when it comes to like paranormal things. Like, um, let's see, like, so it's not just a ghost haunting movie or like a, you know, haunted house type movie. There's like, you know... Everything from like the kids sliding across the floor experiment, you know, like these poltergeists, mm-hmm. it's like, was the ghost doing that? Like, was the ghost moving the, the child from the one part of the kitchen floor to mm-hmm. the other part? Like, and th- they did it repeatedly. It was like a test. It was like, it seemed fun almost like, and then there was the closet being like the gateway to like another realm. And then, you know, yep. obviously the girl disappeared in the movie um, and was her like full physical form. Yeah, it's just there's mm-hmm. so many different elements to it. And and then there was the yeah, uh, they had everything. The the paranormal investigators, I guess, <laughs> that came in, you know, and and they were trying to help the family out and, mm-hmm. and they were experiencing all this different stuff. And uh then there was a the little old lady who mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a Native that, American that was like the burial thing. ground. 
Yeah, and the, all they did was move. It was the Native headstones. American burial ground that they were living <laughs> on. Yeah, they had everything. They had the they. <laughs> yep, I mean they had the they had the portal vortex going. You know, they had apparitions. They had poltergeist activity. I mean, they had right. They took everything from the paranormal world and said, "Let's just put them all in one movie and call it Poltergeist." Um, when many of the things weren't technically all up poltergeist. Oh, yeah. um, and then they brought in a psychic medium and they brought in um, paranormal investigators. And I, <laughs> I love that. That was my favorite ho- uh, horror movie of all time, by the way. Um, loved that movie. And I love <laughs> I love looking back at that movie and seeing the equipment they're using, the big reel to reel machines. And they got these <laughs> right. video cameras that are the size of a Buick on their shoulders. And, you know, how how far we've come with uh, with technology and everything. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it comes yeah. down to a rope and some tennis balls in the end. You know? <laughs> um, oh, and then, of, of course, the TV oh, and the yeah. white noise and communicating it's with like how many kids the did it, I mean, they, like, they really had for life over like the past couple generations yeah. of like, you know, with the older tube TVs. It don't happen so much now oh. with new like LCD or LED TVs or whatever, you know, but like back then you like. You just watch TV for too long, and once it goes off air, every channel was a static, oh, yeah. you know, mess like that. And yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for years, everybody from my generation for years, if if you fell asleep with the TV on and then you heard like, it go nope, to that nope. <laughs> static after they sign off for the night, <laughs> Turn that oh, off. you woke up and was like, no, I'm not ha- having this. Right. Yep, it's true. Like kids today yeah. don't know that yeah, because the TV channels are on 24 hours now. Mm-hmm. But back in like the seventies and eighties, at like one a.m., two a.m., yeah, the TVs would just concludes our sign off and day, it'd be nothing you know, but like, static. Yeah, you hear like, like six a.m. in the morning. You hear like the uh, what was it? The uh, yeah, you'd see the yep, the picture yep. of the the flag, the American flag, and you know hear the mm-hmm. national anthem, and that's how they'd start off the uh, the broadcast day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'd play the national anthem, and then and then it would just there would be <laughs> yeah. like a beep, and then it would be just like. Just the static, you know, of nothingness, of white noise. <laughs> um, yeah, that used to scare the hell out of all of us for years. And then for me, <laughs> with Poltergeist, I oh, had a man. huge tree right outside my bedroom window, just like the kid in Poltergeist. And so I was, <laughs> I was always scared that it was going to reach in and grab me. <laughs> so like my, my kids, oh, I was, was trying to see what their reactions <clears throat> were going to be to it because they hadn't seen it before. And like, it was very interesting to see these young kids mm-hmm. like my daughter's 11 so i don't know if it's too young to watch it but i mean i know i saw it when i was probably like nine or eight or nine or something like that but that's probably why i'm mm-hmm. so messed up but <laughs> like uh, i wanted to see the reactions and it was very different than i i expected <laughs> because they had like pretty cool ideas about why all that stuff happened in the movie and i'm like just wasn't expecting that i'm like man kids are smart nowadays you know they just Hmm. they look at everything and they're just like well this could happen because of this and you know it's like they're like why did that happen you know like and then the yeah it's just crazy well you know back then people didn't talk about paranormal experiences hmm. openly like we do today it's it's very commonplace now to discuss it but back in the 80s and 70s it was almost a taboo subject. You would never tell someone you thought your house was haunted. You would never tell them that you thought you saw a ghost because people right. would like call you crazy, you know, 
But today, thanks to, you know, all these reality TV shows and, you know, all these movies, everybody talks about it now. If you don't have a ghost in your house, you're almost, you yeah. know, a, if, an outcast, if you haven't had that you know? experience. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So it's it's a lot more part of our lexicon now. Yeah. Yeah. So kids today, they know more about ghosts and spirits than than I did when I was a kid, for sure. You know, because the information is yeah. out there. Yeah, all the Internet, all you know, and all the YouTube videos and all kinds of you know it's just constant you're yeah. just constantly inundated yeah you can you can go on tiktok and oh, see ghost yeah. videos now yeah there's everything on tiktok i think <laughs> yeah, uh, a, a, the other movie talking about like poltergeist was <laughs> your scary. favorite movie and i want to jump onto my favorite movie which is also ghost related and this is going to lead into something that uh mm-hmm. um, i wanted to ask you about if you're excited about but anyway one of my favorite movies is 1984 mm-hmm. uh, Ghostbusters, the original, you know, and oh, that yeah. has been I can yeah. I can recite that movie like end to end, like all the different, like my kids were <laughs> we were watching it a couple months ago or like six months ago or something like that. And they're just like, man, dad, you have seen this movie way too many times because <laughs> I'm just like, just know, know it like by heart. Um, yeah. So yeah. like, um, let's see what, where I was leading with that. Uh, yeah, so Ghostbusters, and it's about uh, that originally. I think when I saw that as a kid, I saw it in the theater actually when it came out, and that was kind of like my earliest remembrance of it. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you know, ever since then, I was a fan of ghost busting, you know, like that's what you know, and it wasn't necessarily like the idea of like going out and wanting to, to investigate paranormal. I was always interested in that, but I just never was able to have the opportunity to do it, but the way they went about it in the movie, I think is a lot different than what, you know, what you do in real life. Like I can imagine it being something that influences people to get into Mm -hmm. this stuff. But like, like Dr. Venkman was like a, a doctor of psychology and like parapsychology he mentions, but like, and and Mm -hmm. Egon is some, Mm -hmm. they're, they're all scientists basically. And they're trying to figure this stuff out and they design the gear and, and all that. Well, that was the Ghostbusters was kind of a fantasy right. movie um, by Dan Aykroyd because he grew up around all this stuff. His father was very big into spirituality, and Dan Aykroyd grew up in a house where it was always seances mm. and there was always ghost hunts and all these things. And he grew up a very, very, very he still to this day is very, very interested in all things paranormal, whether it's spirits, whether it's uh, UFOs. Um, and, you know, and, and all those legends that go with it. And so Ghostbusters was kind of like his fantasy of, wow, what if scientists, actual scientists really actually became ghost hunters? This is what they would probably be like. You know, they would probably have proton packs and, and different <laughs> and the things, trap you know, the- <laughs> as opposed to, you know, what real life. Yeah. Like in real life, those things don't exist and we don't even we wouldn't even you know ectoplasm and all this other stuff like that none of that stuff really exists this was kind of his like you know fantasy world of playing with and trying to make it amusing right entertaining you know but in real life dan Aykroyd is very very um interested in all of these things i mean he's got the crystal skull vodka you know right um i think i did see him him and his dad actually wrote a book about it and it's a really, really interesting book about spirituality oh wow yeah, I, I saw him on a, so like so a there podcast. are some parts of the movie that are true. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, but it's just it's such a good film, and it's that like kind of lighthearted 
kind of thing. There's like the little scary elements, but it kind of it bridges the gap of like between what's scary and funny and can make the scary stuff almost seem fun. You know, like if you're dealing with it, because Mm -hmm. like, especially the way they're, even when they're freaked out, the characters in the movie, like they just have a way of like brushing it off and like with, with comedy, you know? And it's like, there's, there's a Mm -hmm. certain mental aspect of that. Like, that's what I think. And you're in comedy. Like, would you say that like, um, I've heard of uh, like a lot of I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say here. Um, People deal with like things like depression and stuff like that by sometimes masking it with humor, you know, and and I know from my Mm -hmm. past that I used to always act like this wild, crazy, fun guy, you know, but I had come to realize through like therapy and things like that, that I really was just masking all the pain and the hurt that I had going on inside. But there is, you know, there is a, a way to be true about humor and like have, you know, you don't always have to be masking things. You know, there is true comedy out there. There's true, you know, humor. And I think that's something that like Ghostbusters kind of did for me was that it showed me that even if stuff gets rough out there, you know, you're facing a hard time, you can still kind of just be lighthearted and and not think it's such a big deal and you can make little funny quips about things and you know like be sarcastic mm-hmm. and and it's not really like a, a bad or hurtful thing you know like it can be a natural thing and it's not always just a mask you know humor is not always just a a mask to uh to get through things or get yeah. through life well, and a lot of people who are depressed a, a great way to deal with that depression is to try and help others and one of the best ways to help other people is to make them laugh so a lot of comedians yeah. are, are very depressed uh, people. Uh, I mean, look at Robin Williams and people like that. Right. They've spent their whole lives dealing with their own depression, but keeping it on the inside and not letting other people know about it and trying to mask it with things like drugs and alcohol, but also by trying to make people laugh and trying to entertain people. Um, you know, like you yeah. mentioned at the beginning, I'm a stand-up comedian. That's what I do for a living. And most of my material has come from painful situations in my life you know and so Hmm. comedy is always a way to it's a it's i think it's a good way to try and not necessarily mask your depression but try to get yourself uh, over the depression even if it's just for a short time you know but um but a movie like ghostbusters it's fun and it's got a little little bit of scare to it and yeah movies are a great way to to get your brain moving and, and get away from those demons too yeah. Well, that, that makes that that's a good point, because the demons thing is like, you know, in the in the movie, there was those like demon dogs and, you know, and all yeah. that stuff, you know, and it's kind of like the <laughs> they got like transformed um, and, and it was mm-hmm. just like all this crazy stuff going on. And and, and I can relate that because sometimes I feel like a demon or I feel like I have, uh, you know, there's been times where I thought I was possessed by demons. There was just mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, and it's like. It's just, you know, so watching a movie like that, I'm like, oh, it's it's OK. You know, everything's yeah. it's funny, you know, like yeah. you can just get through life. And as long as you act like uh, like Bill Murray, you know, it's all, it's gonna be all good. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you know, uh, a I good piece met, of trivia. Uh, I, at, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy was supposed to be in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, really? 
Yeah, he was supposed to play the part of that. Winston. I, yeah, it was supposed to be Eddie Murphy, but he was working on Beverly Hills Cop, so he turned down the offer for the role. But Dan Aykroyd originally, and Reitman, they originally wanted Eddie Murphy for that role. Wow. And then they got uh, Ernie Hudson. Yep. And uh, I actually met him in real life. He's the only Ghostbuster I've I've met in real life, and I got to talk to him for a few minutes at a mm-hmm. convention. Yeah. And uh, and it, it was pretty cool. Like, he, he's a super nice guy. Yeah. And uh, I wish I could meet the rest of the Ghostbusters, but, I mean, obviously, uh, Harold Ramis isn't with us anymore. Oh, no, but yeah. uh, I would love to meet Dan Aykroyd. I heard him and, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and of course, like the whole world is like, you know, all goo goo gaga over Bill Murray. Yeah. They think he's like the coolest guy ever. And yeah. he's like, you know, <laughs> I heard he's kind of an asshole, though, in real life. He might be. Know? Who knows? But you who knows? Know. Don't ever meet your uh, role models. That's for sure. Don't meet your heroes. <laughs> yeah. I think my son said that his favorite character on Ghostbusters was uh, was Peter Vankman mm-hmm. just because of the way he talked. And I'm like, he's kind of like he, he's really not that good of a role model in that movie because he's like a womanizer. And, yeah. you know, he's kind of a toxic kind of yeah. character, you yeah. know, but, you know, but the stuff he says is just hilarious. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they've all got great lines. His dialogue yeah. in the film. The same was way. Great. I'm always quoting lines and stuff from that movie. And I'm yeah. looking forward to the reboot that they're doing with Paul Rudd. It actually looks from the trailers. It looks decent. Oh th- yeah. That was decent. Yeah. That was my next question. Actually, I was going to lead into that with the Ghostbusters thing. I was going to say like, are you excited like about the, yeah, the, well, the new I mean, movie? Cause they came out with the one in like, was it 2016 with the, yeah. all and I never cast. got around to like, seeing it. That was, hmm, I saw it like one time and I, I wasn't, I, I, I thought it was good, but I, you know, coming from my stance of the the original one like i was just such a huge fan so it's kind of like you can't ever replace that kind of a thing but hopefully the new one for us it's for the younger generation you know kind of like the new yeah. side, some of us were disappointed you know a little bit because you know they're not thinking about you know us people in our 40s 50s and 60s they're thinking about the younger people you know when they make these new reboots yeah uh, but i but with the new Ghostbusters, I definitely want to see it. Um, they, they've got me hooked on the trailer. And of course, you know, the original cast is, uh, yeah. except for Harold, they're all going to be in it. So, you know, cameos probably, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious on how they do that, like how they portray it. And, and like you said, like for a new audience or a new generation, like I feel like they're having the original characters there to kind of pass the torch, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, passing the flame on to the new generation, which I think is mm-hmm. what I kind of expected from that last newer movie. But since the original characters weren't in it, it was more yeah. of just a total reboot, like a, like a, yeah, like a, like a whole new different version of it, different universe, I guess, you know, but like uh, with this one, I guess it's supposed to be the same universe, the same story line but many years later you know so that'd be pretty cool just to see how they do it it's going to be a new generation of of ghostbusters you know and um yeah and i think i I hope it catches on because i would love to see uh, a whole new you know two or three ghostbusters movies come out for this new generation you know yeah that'd Um, be cool because if things like stranger things and stuff is a huge hit then ghostbusters should be too oh yeah and I think the kids were dressed as Ghostbusters and Stranger Things. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like when I first yes, watched they it, were. <laughs> it's like, yep. hey, look, because yep. it took place yep. in the 80s. So I'm like, oh, yeah. The... <laughs> yep. 
And one of the kids from Stranger Things is in Ghostbusters, so <laughs> it's all tied huh. together. That that is pretty cool. That's like uh, um, I don't know. It's like everything's connected. You know, there's some kind of something at work there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so, like, do you perform stand up quite often? Like, is that like, is it like a regular thing? How long have you been doing yeah, that? Was- as often as I can. Uh, I'm in my 12th year doing it. And um, it's it's what I do for a living. I mean, I've got my own company based on it now. And oh, wow. um, I do lots of fundraisers by using comedy nights to help raise money for charities, nonprofits, you know, youth sports leagues and whatever. Whoever's trying to raise money, you know, we book a, a comedy night with them and uh, help them raise money for their cause. And uh, And then I, you know, I try to work clubs and comedy shows all around New England. So, I mean, I try to work every weekend if I can, you know, I usually probably work 40 to 45 weekends a year. And, um, I've gotten to a point now where it's what I do. You know, I don't have a job. This is what I do. And, you know, I have some side hustles here and there to, to, you know, help out when there's a, uh, a couple of weeks of no comedy, but it's what I do. Stand up comedy, which is kind of weird because people like, are you the ghost guy? Are you the comedy guy? Which guy are you? And it's like, well, I'm both. (laughs) (laughs) do them both. Not at the same time, but I do them both. Well, that's cool, though, man. Like, it, it's I good mean, to have, like, your own thing going on, like, that you're doing and be into it. And it's I'm still struggling to find that. Like, I mean, I, I'm i retired military, so it's, like, 20 years military. And then I was like, you know, what do I do now? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. like, kind of just uh, all over the place. And I yeah. started a computer repair oh. company. So I'm like, well, there you go. Well, if you're your own boss, the water, then you're much. way ahead of the game. Being your own boss is the yeah. best thing I've done. I've been my own boss for three years now, and I recommend it to everybody. And there's no better time in the history of the world to be your own boss and start your own business than now. Like now is the time to do it. There's so many things you can do, so many ways you can make them happen with technology and the Internet and everything that's going on. Like stop doing nine to five jobs. You're never going to get any richer than what your boss is. So if you want to be wealthy or you want to have a happy right. life and make your own schedule, you got to work for yourself, you know? So, you know, I'm, I'm stuck. I sound like Gary V now all of a sudden, <laughs> but you gotta, you just got to do your own thing <laughs> because I, I got tired of working eight hours a day, making someone else rich. It's like, I'm using my talent and my hard work yeah. and, and I'm not getting anywhere. I'm just paying the bills. So it's like, I'd rather make the same amount of money working for myself, you know, and the potential to make more. So, right. That, I'm happy with doing this, you know? Um, so I encourage everyone to do that if you can. Yeah. There's like so many different things out there that people can do. And like, if you're not doing something that you're, that you're like passionate about, you know, and you're just working, like you're like slaving away, like, you know, eight to 12, 16 hours, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're just going to burn out eventually. And, you know, you're like you said, you're just making someone else richer and, yeah, um, it, it's I don't it's not what we were put on this planet to do, you know, it's just not what we were put on this planet to do. I mean, if right, I th- think everybody has a dream, everybody has a purpose, but I think too many of us have had it, you know, beaten out of us that we'll never make it or we can't do it or we're afraid of failure or we're afraid of being judged. And so we just take a nine to five job instead. But I mean, if, if you love doing something, I love doing stand up comedy. I love it. I'm not going to be on Netflix. I'm not going to have an HBO special. I know that's not going to happen, but I'm able to make a living at it and I love doing it and I'm able to 
make people laugh for a living. So I go and do it, you know, and everybody should try to uh, chase that and and do it when you're younger, because I waited till I was much older. And, you know, if I'd have done it when I was younger, when I wanted to, but I was afraid to, who knows where I would be right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't waste that time. I, I know a bunch of people now that uh, I've re- met in the last like year or so, and they're so deep into the world of cryptocurrency that I'm like, I don't understand the majority of it because it's like, I don't know, but like these kids are in their twenties, you know, and they're basically on the, the verge of, of mm-hmm. retirement because they're loaded, you know, <laughs> like they've, yeah. and I'm like, man, how did they do this? You know, like, and it's cause they're smart yeah. with like computers and they, smart but it was, you know, that's just it. gambling. Yeah. It's, it's really just gambling. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, 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 I dipped into a little bit of that crypto thing during the pandemic because I was like, oh, I'm getting all this free stimulus money. Let me try and do something with it and make more money. Right. You know, and so, you know, I bought the Dogecoin and the Bitcoin and all that stuff. And I'm not retired. I didn't become a millionaire or anything like that. But I didn't lose my shirt either. I actually came out okay with it. Yeah. But when you get into that stuff, I mean, eventually crypto is going to get, you know, it's it, the government's going to get a hold of it and they're going to, you know, control it and it's just going to be like stocks and it's going to be like gambling really, yeah. you know? Well, and that's like the thing. It's like I worked for 25 years and was putting money into like a 401k or a thrift savings plan in the military. And, um, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. take much to basically end up losing all that and then like having to start over, you know? And you're like, now I'm 45 and I'm like, yeah. I have no nest egg anymore that I thought that I was working the past 25 years. So I just have to change my perspective and realize that even though I don't have that, I'm, I'm still doing pretty good. Like I can, you know, I can maintain my current lifestyle, I guess, you know, I'm still, I'm in a lot of debt, but the, the people that I've met that have gotten me into these different crypto projects are helping me deal with that. So like I can see myself working through a lot of things, uh, using the knowledge that they're, they're, passing on to me and uh and getting caught up Mm -hmm. eventually you know and like and and carrying on and hopefully getting doing end up doing something else that like i can end up saving a lot more and building back up and having a good retirement and and if not you know it doesn't (laughs) really matter i guess you know it's not it's life isn't what i was taught that it you know what i was told it was like what you were supposed to do you were supposed to become successful like go to school and if you can't afford school you join the military and they will pay for school and then Mm -hmm. you get a degree and then you get a job and then you invest and then you have stocks Mm -hmm. and then you like you know you slave away your whole life until you get to retirement age and then you can retire comfortably because you've saved up so much for so many years and i'm like that's that that world's almost non-existent anymore you know like that that was all a big fallacy that they were telling me and people get that ideology and they start living like that thinking that that's what you're supposed to do but it, it's not true it's it's just <laughs> i learned the hard way no, it's I'm not like, like that anymore okay. it hasn't been that way for a long time but that's what our parents and grandparents grew up thinking and for the most part it was true because you know our grandpa our grandparents bought a house for eighty thousand dollars they bought a car for three thousand dollars that doesn't happen today you know you got to pay two thousand dollars rent right now and you know, right. everything has gone out of control. The rich got richer, but everybody else stayed the same. And so, you know, that whole American philosophy is 
gone. A degree doesn't do anything for you anymore unless you're like a doctor or a lawyer or something, you know. And right. the best thing to do now is to actually have a trade. Go to school and get a trade and learn something and start your own business. Learn computer programming. Learn computer repair. Learn plumbing or electrician, yeah. electricity or something. That's the best thing to do right now or, or even some new technologies like, you know, um, uh, solar or, or wind and, and power like that or, you know, electric vehicles and things. That's that's where you're going to that's where the new American dream is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, there's just because just living the way I was like I was, you know, I got so caught up in it and then and it's still kind of like a weird trigger in my mind if I bring up if I start to go down that path and think of like how I have lost everything that I worked so hard for. And I'm like, it, I didn't have to do that. I did it. Cause that's what, you know, I, what I believed at the time, but mm-hmm. you got to change, you got to change with the world. You can't stay in the past. You got to learn, you know, the lessons that you've yeah. learned and, and move on from there and, and, you know, and do better as you go. Just like, don't like dwell on it. What you failed at, you know, just kind of take it as a lesson. You're yep. like, okay, don't do that. Yep. And then, uh, where can I go from here? <laughs> just keep moving forward. Yeah. You know, the word and, I like uh, to use is pivot. You have to be able to learn how to pivot when things aren't going your way and they're not working the right, you mm-hmm. have to be able to pivot into a new direction. Um, and if you can do that, yeah. then you'll, you'll, you'll navigate your way through it all. Yeah. That's a good one. Let's see. So we, uh, Oh, this one, I wanted going back into movies a little bit, like as far as with your uh, experience and paranormal stuff, um, what film or movie do you think is the most like is the best representation of like actual true to life ghost or paranormal activities? And please don't say paranormal activity. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wouldn't say that one. That's a tough one. I don't know. Think of anything that's really um accurate because i mean paranormal investigation ghostbusters and poltergeist those are yeah poltergeist was pretty close when it came to like the investigation part where you know they came in and they were trying to record video and record audio and they were setting up microphones and cameras and such um but i mean paranormal investigation for the most part in real life is very very boring so to have it really accurate in a movie would make the movie very, very boring. So they won't they don't do it. You know, it has to be stuff happening all the time. And it's just not the way it is. Um, so I can't really think of a movie yeah. off the top of my head. That's that I would say. is. Well, really I mean, close. like not necessarily like the the they. Yeah, not really necessarily act from your like perspective of doing like, but maybe from the things that you've experienced, like what movie do you think has the most like, I guess, realistic, um, actual paranormal activity, like effects kind of thing, like based on like your videos that you've recorded and sounds and things Mm -hmm. like, is there something out there that kind of like, you know, if I wanted to recommend a movie that, you know, is the closest thing to an actual haunting or something. Uh, I wish I could think of one. It's funny because I I look at horror (laughs) movies so differently than 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 real life you know um uh, nothing right. comes to mind if you na- if you rifled off some movies i could tell you yeah or no but i can't think of any off the top of my head that i think are really on it um well do you think the oh i guess 
as far as the TV shows, like the reality TV shows based, like like mm-hmm. Ghost Hunters mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, there was a number yeah. of them. I don't really see them very much nowadays for some oh, reason. There's still but a lot like of them out there. 10, 15 years ago, they were, that was like the They're, hot they're thing. all on apps now, the but like, streaming uh, apps and stuff now. But um, I, I still stand by Ghost Hunters because um, they really try to um, not, uh, they try to do things the proper way on Ghost Hunters still. I think they uh, they still allow the viewer to kind of make their own mind about certain things. Uh, but for the most part, I think they do it the best way. You know, I see shows like, let's say, like Ghost Adventures. I'm not a fan of because they do a lot of things on there. First of all, I question some of the things that they're actually experiencing on there. But I, some of their um, techniques and the way they approach things, I don't agree with. And I don't think it's good to have because I think it sets the field of research back, but I also think it can be dangerous in some situations for people watching to go out and mimic as well. So I'm not a big fan of ghost adventures. Um, hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that are on right now. Um, there's the one that, uh, um, the one that Amy Bruni has. Um, she has one and there's a bunch of them on like discovery plus and stuff like that. And most of them have gone into this trend of using equipment that I don't think is really practical in paranormal research, but it looks and sounds cool on TV. So they use it because the problem with paranormal investigation is, as I was saying, it's usually very boring. It's usually very rare. So if you're going to go out and try to film 12, 15 episodes for, you know, a new episode every week, you need to do something to produce paranormal activity every week so they use a lot of these talking boxes ghost boxes and all these different things and and i don't think there's anything legit to these things i think they're just they just got a box that lights up and talks and makes noise and it becomes entertaining for the viewer but i don't think any of those devices are any good to me they're trash i don't ever use any of those things because they don't make any sense scientifically And I guess I don't. So Ghost Hunters stays away from those gadgets. So that's why I like them. So so what is it? It's like a box that talks? Like, does it scan the area or something? There's a bunch of different ones, yeah. Huh. For the most part, it's called a ghost box, but it's different things. But usually it's an electronic box or it's an old um, radio receiver. Hmm. And they have different ones. Some of them will just have a database of thousands of words. And the machine will randomly spit out words. The theory behind it is that spirits can use their energy to somehow manifest specific words for the machine to say. Hmm. But I don't see any scientific basis to believe that's what's happening. To me, this box is just designed to randomly spit out a word from its database. But what happens is the person using it, it, it's a power of suggestion happening now. So Uh. if you're investigating somewhere and this box says the word blue you're going to automatically try to associate that word blue with something related to where you're investigating so oh the old woman on the stairs wore a blue dress that must be what the spirit's trying to say but it was just random you know and if you were truly doing science (laughs) you would actually listen and record all the things that made no sense you know, along with the things that might make sense. And you would probably find that 95% of the times nothing makes sense. So they have these devices that do that. And then they have devices that scan 
um, radio frequencies really quick. So mm -hmm. think about listening to the radio in your car and you spin the dial and just go through all the stations like really quick. That's what this thing does. So you're just hearing a jumble of stuff and every once in a while, a word will bleed through and you'll catch it. So it'll just be like, orange, tree, and then you're recording those words. And then again, you're using power of suggestion to say, all right, it said orange. It must mean something. What does it mean? And that's the opposite of investigating something. You don't, you don't have a conclusion and then work backwards from it. You, you collect data and that leads you to a conclusion. So these devices aren't really good for paranormal investigation, but the TV shows use them because it's really cool to have that voice say something and then have the people watching make their own conclusion based on that power of suggestion. So I that's see. my biggest problem with a lot of these TV shows. And Ghost Hunters, thankfully, they haven't used those types of devices very often. Um, they stick to the, the tried and true audio and video recorders and, um, you know, motion. And um, they, you know, stick to things like that, EMF detectors and, uh, you know, um, thermal equipment and stuff. That's, that's where I think science is really being used properly, you know. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I, I think that box thing you were mentioning, like that almost sounds like it's like a. It's. It's like a like a like a an electronic Ouija board or something. <laughs> it's like almost, you know, like it if two people's hands on a thing answering yes or no. It seems like it's just kind of giving mm -hmm. you something to go on. And you're like, what? Yeah. Is it? But like you're instead of asking a question, though, it's it's different because you're just getting random information. And then, like you said, you got to work backwards and try to figure out. Yeah, because coming come to a conclusion, you you're believing in the box, so you think the box is already giving you the answer, and now you're trying to work backwards to find the question, and it, you're supposed to do it the other way around when you're doing an yeah. investigation. So to me, it's just a jukebox of words spitting out words, and you know, and maybe the box Man. will get lucky and get something right, but I bet if you if you actually wrote down how many times it's wrong, you'd realize that the box doesn't work. It's not scientifically helping you at all you know so you know to me stick with trying to use audio try and use video try and use thermal those are the things anything anything to do with electronics so emf detectors you know um, pods and stuff like that those are the things that are going to help i think um get you actual paranormal experiences yeah that's cool like um i was just thinking of something and it went along with that um with the, uh, we've covered quite a bit on here, and I think that's that's pretty cool. Like we're uh, getting in there. Like as far as like, so all the experiences you've had that is on your podcast, mm -hmm. um, like those are those are all like you know you have those like memorized or you wrote them down over the, the years no. and like or did you rewrite mm -hmm. have to rewrite them so that like um, a, a lot of them. So it's just like things that just happened. And yeah, uh, a lot of it, I've just like, I'll, I'll be writing one of the stories of my memories and trying to put it into a nice storyline, you know, and then it'll trigger another memory of a situation yeah. or an experience I had. And I'll be like, oh, I forgot about that time. And then I'll write some notes about that and then I'll get to it another time. So in a few of the cases, my stories were stories that I never even knew had happened, but all of a sudden they popped back into my head, like things that happened when I was a kid that I had no memory of at all. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, I remember this oh, wow. now. 
and the memories just as I did the podcast started writing more and more stories, it started opening up this floodgate of like all these experiences I've had, you know, and, you know, and I try to tell them in a spooky way, an interesting way. Um, and, you know, I try to paint the picture and try and put you there yeah. with me. And then, you know, I also try to with, you know, with the experiences and, and education that I have, I try to educate you a little bit about what's happening in my situation and what what we look at at it as paranormally like is it residual is it an intelligent spirit is it you know esp or is it you know a dream premonition or whatever like i try to delve into all those areas and explain what they mean so that you kind of come out of it knowing something about it you know like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast the episode about pets which uh, uh some of the situations that happened on that episode to me yeah. is called um a crisis apparition which is when you'll be visited by the spirit or the ghost of someone just as they're dying. And that can happen with pets. It can happen with loved ones and relatives or friends. Hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a phenomenon that happens quite often. And a lot of people don't talk about it. You know, like maybe, you know, you have a missed call on your cell phone during the night and it was from your grandma mother and you wake up in the morning and you find out later that your grandmother passed away during the yeah. night and it's like well how did she call my phone if she was passing away crisis apparition type thing so you know like that was you know so i tried to explain wow. that in that episode about the pets and you know and that was kind of a sad episode too because i'm talking about losing my dog and losing my cat and that's probably the episode i get the most emails about because everybody oh, can wow. relate to losing a pet you know we yeah. all we've all got pets and unfortunately you know, we always, for the most part, outlive our pets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a kind of a heart grabbing one, too. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I. That's really interesting, I, though. I tried like, I haven't everything... heard much about that. Like, that whole, like. Oh, crisis apparition? Yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. Like, I think I've had something. I'm, I'm going to have to, like, think about that later on and, like, uh, try mm -hmm. to try to remember why that is striking a chord with me. Like why it's, it, it's like, it rings bells, but I don't know why it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, I feel like something yep. may have happened in my past that was very similar to that. Like did. something. And, and it's yep. like, it's just kind of triggering something. I'm like, wow, that's like, I don't know. So I definitely got to look mm -hmm. into that. It can happen in a lot of different ways. It can happen. Uh, you can have a dream about somebody and then find out the next morning that they had passed away during the night. Or you could, you know, wake up in the morning and you smell like your grandmother's perfume. And you're like, wow, why does it smell kind of like perfumey, like grandma? And then you find out that she's been in the hospital and she just passed away. Or things like that. It can manifest in many different ways. It can be a song on the radio that makes you think of a certain person. And that's how they manifested. It's kind of like the spirits want to visit you one last time before they move on. And so it happens kind of like right at the same time. But for some people, it happens with a full apparition. Like they'll actually see the person in front of them and like have a conversation wow. with them and then find out that they were a thousand miles away and had passed away in a plane accident or something like it's crazy. But it's a phenomenon that wow. we don't really talk about a lot because all of us kind of dismiss it really quick and forget about it. But crisis apparition is something that happens and it happens with pets. You know, because um, we have a real strong bond with our pets. Wow. So, you know, you might yeah. like for me in my story with my cat, my cat was very, very sick, very, very weak. And I knew he was going to be passing away within a day or two. And before 
before he was sick, he had always slept in my bed with me every night. And I always felt him up against my legs every night. But for a couple of weeks, because he was sick, he wasn't in bed with me. And then that night, I felt him get in the bed and lay up against me. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, you know, maybe this is a miracle. Maybe he's getting better. And then the next morning, I woke up and he had passed away. And there was no possible way he had gotten into my bed that night because he was so sick and weak that it just didn't happen. It was a crisis apparition. It, it was me feeling him be there one last time. Wow. You know? Um, so, you know, that's what that episode kind of delves into. Man. What's, what's, what's kind of funny is like when I was uh, listening to your podcast the other day, I was laying on my couch and I was, uh, I was kind of turned on my side and I was facing the couch and my, my speaker was behind me and I was just laying there listening. And then at one point, my cat actually came up behind me mm-hmm. and like tapped me on my back. And I, it scared <laughs> the hell out of me. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Cats are jerks like Because I was getting so into like what you were talking about. And I was like yeah. sitting there thinking about ghosts and all kinds of stuff. And then all yep. of a sudden something touches me out of nowhere. And I'm like, yep. not expecting it. It's just crazy. Yep. Cats know. <laughs> yeah. Um, man. So we're coming up here. Um, I think if you would like to go ahead and give out some of uh, your information, where to find you on social media sure. and your website and stuff like that. If you have that info, we can mm-hmm. share with everyone, make sure we get them out there. Yeah. Uh, not that I have a ton of listeners yet, but like, hey, you never know. Eventually, maybe never people, know. people will come back around and start listening to my podcast. Hey, you know, you never know. <laughs> but, it happens. Uh, yeah, go ahead and tell um, everybody where to you find know, you. My first few episodes of my podcast, I had like, you know, 12 people listening. So, you know, it, you keep doing it and it will grow. Just keep having fun with it. Keep putting out content. And I guarantee you it will grow. Give it a year or two and it'll grow. Um, so my paranormal story is the name of my podcast. You can find it pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's on Stitcher. It's on Spotify. It's on you know Apple and, and Google and all those. Um, or you can just go to myparanormalstory.com and you can listen to every episode there through your internet. Uh, I just started adding old episodes on YouTube. So you go to YouTube, My Paranormal Story, and listen to them through that. Um, and um, I, I haven't put out a new episode in a while since that Q&A one, but I'm working on a new episode right now. I'm, I'm close to like 60 episodes, I think. So if you like binging a podcast, that'll keep you busy for like a good week or so. Um, the stories are short. It's, a, it's not an interview <laughs> podcast. A lot of people think, who do you talk to? And it's, it's a storytelling podcast, which there's not a lot of those out there. And every episode is a new experience right. that I have had, a personal story related to something paranormal. A lot of them are ghost stories. Some of them are from when I was investigating. Some of them are just personal stories. And um, they're short. They're 15 to 25 minutes. They're not very long, perfect for a car ride or something. Um, and they're spooky, not scary. The kids can listen. Um, it's clean. I don't, uh, I don't do any swearing, I don't think, in any of them or anything. Um, so myparanormalstory.com is the website for that. <laughs> um, if you want to check out my stand-up comedy, you can do that at tomstewartcomedy.com. Um, I perform all over the New England area. Um, so if you want to check that out. And then you can find me on Facebook, Tom Stewart. Find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, things like that. And you can find my paranormal story on all those too if you want to follow the socials. Cool, man. Well, thanks for uh, giving that info out there. Hopefully we can... Uh... I, I definitely like the the way that you do the podcast. Like I 
like you said, there's not a lot of story based, like, you know, people telling a certain mm-hmm. story, uh, podcast, because majority of them are kind of like mm-hmm. interviews or news style type shows that are informational and, you know, discussions about current topics mm-hmm. and politics mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and, and some of my episodes of this show have, have gone uh, really towards like video gaming and stuff because mm-hmm. a lot of my friends and, and myself are, are really big into like well, video games. Well, happy back so stuff, we can talk about like, those too. Um, <laughs> I, I want to. Because I'm going to play Xbox as soon as <laughs> yeah. we're done here. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Um... <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, man. Um, okay, so everybody it's, out it's, there, it's fun. The podcast is fun, and uh, go ahead. You know, I enjoy doing it, and I enjoy doing interviews like this. But I purposely didn't want to do an interview podcast because I feel like they're all there's so many of them out there. And my thinking was, I just want my podcast to feel like there's a few of us sitting around a dark night next to a fire or something. And we're just telling spooky stories. And this is my spooky story. So that's why I called it my paranormal story, because that's just me. It's just me telling a story every week or every episode. Um, So I purposely did that. Some people say it reminds them of old time radio. Because, you know, you're just kind of listening to my words and I kind of paint the picture for you and put you there, hmm. you know. Um, yeah, so, I can see that. And and I finally get to use my years of my years of broadcasting yeah, and, that's, and, that's and my voice cool and too. articulation classes. I finally get to use those <laughs> in a fun way. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. And, and that definitely does remind me because I, I, I guess I didn't make that relation. But now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, you know, old radio, you I remember driving in the car late at night, like around Christmas time with my parents. And I was like three or four years old. And I remember they were listening to some kind of story. It was almost like they were like watching a movie, mm-hmm. like a Christmas movie on the radio. Like it was, they were just listening to the story and it was just like someone narrating, you know, and there were people used to narrate like books mm-hmm. and there used to be like Westerns and stuff like that. And yeah, it's along those my lines. My dad was all about that. Uh, like, my, <laughs> my biggest influence stories, but, you know, was is no, the cool. podcast lore. If you've ever heard, of uh, lore with uh, uh, Aaron Menke. Uh, I was really into his podcast. And when I started creating my podcast, I was like, I want mine to be a lot like his. So I did. I mean, I didn't copy him. He does tell stories about lore and legend. Some of them can be spooky, um, but he's telling stories from history where I'm telling personal stories that are related to my experiences. So, so it was a little different, but I definitely loved his style of just kind of telling the story and painting a picture. So that was how, what I went with. So I, I hope people listen and, uh, and that they'll enjoy it. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and, and feel free to email me, contact me, talk to me through social media. I love talking with everyone. Yeah, definitely. Everybody out there hit up Tom, try to go check out his show and, and, and find out what's, what he's up to and, uh, and all that. Definitely check it out. I like it. I'm going to keep listening. Um, you know, if I'm sitting here during the day and don't have any computers to work on, you know, it's like I'm always wondering what should I do next. So it's like, you know, start listening to some podcasts, <laughs> you know, try to I've been trying yeah. to lot, do a lot of different things because for a long time I was just uh, like I was so out of it that I would lay there and like watch the weather channel for like 12 hours straight. Like I was like catatonic basically because i was on all these different medications and yeah you know so messed up and it was just like oh. it's not not a good picture my you know but doing way better now <laughs> and i'm and i want to get 
get that out there. I'm that, glad uh, to hear that, man. That I'm uh, coming out of that shell and and uh, and healing. I'm on a healing journey. Yeah, you know. So it's like I, anything I can yeah. do, like talking to you know, interviewing guests. This is that's what this show is about. It's like me getting back out in the world and experiencing, um, you know, things from different people's perspectives just by asking questions and and listening to stories and and listening to what mm-hmm. they have to say and learning, um, and and learning how to communicate verbally again. <laughs> That's like the toughest thing. I know I find myself like stumbling over yeah. words and things. And it's like, when you haven't spoke for like, you know, a couple of years, <laughs> it's like trying to learn how to talk. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I'm a professional speaker and I screw up all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Do I have anything more to share here? Um, is there any particular person you would like to give a shout out to on the show? Um, that's something that I guess people in a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they're always like, I want to shout out this person and, or thank them for doing something. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah it's like, who a, should I, who should I shout out? Do I want to <laughs> shout out anybody? <laughs> I, um, nobody really, uh, comes to mind. Uh, Stephen King, I'd like to shout out Stephen King. Maybe he'll, uh, listen to my podcast. <laughs> I, I would love to have his approval on my stories. That would be kind of cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just glad that uh, that uh, you were uh, um, you invited me on your show. I'm glad you were having me, and I'm hoping you um, you know keep fighting that good fight, man. You know what I mean? Because uh, yeah. there's a lot of people out there with uh, you know issues, and a podcast seems like a great way for you to uh, keep yourself busy and have some fun and entertain people and. Uh, Oh, um, who was it? Uh, um, on Twitter, who? Oh, Frankie who connected us. Uh, uh, just call me Frank. Just right? call me Frank. Frankie yep. got, introduced us. us, so we should shout her out, maybe. Yeah, I had her written yeah. down actually. <laughs> yeah, she was on the. Uh, she, she was on the podcast. Yeah, she was on here. Oh, I got a couple to weeks ago. Um, her and, and my wife have been friends for a mm-hmm. long time, and uh, um, been following her for for quite oh, a while. Okay. So like uh. And, and the, mm-hmm. the very last out episode that is getting ready to drop, I think, tomorrow, once I get done editing it, um, I'm going to give a shout out again. I've mentioned it before, but um, to my friend Jay, uh, at adjective underscore Jay from the Frown Town podcast. Uh, that's a very good, influential podcast about current events and laws and how people can work within their uh, government and state to try to change how we deal with things in society um and he's a stand-up comedian also and uh very funny guy oh <laughs> so I, you gotta check that episode out too once that comes out that'll be out tomorrow um but yeah give him a shout out all the other fabulous podcasters out there all the listeners i i uh can't keep doing this uh without people's support so i appreciate everyone out there who's listened um, Tom, thank you for, for giving me your time tonight. Um, I would like to come up with some more, uh, for more, more questions for you, not just questions or interviews, but I would like to have like, um, uh, maybe a special episode with like, um, like maybe a story that you haven't, or maybe like go deeper into one of your stories that's on your podcast or even something that's not like, um, published yet or something like, I think that would be pretty cool to show, share like a personal thing that like maybe you can only find mm-hmm. while you were on the wormhole manifest kind of thing <laughs> that would be oh. kind of cool for me i mean but like if you know that's just something that, we can talk about it later on episode 
Yeah. <laughs> we could do that for sure. So, um, I definitely want to keep, I'm going to keep listening to your show, learning more about you. Um, do you have any live like comic stuff? Like, do you write all your comedy? Like, do you like, I mean, obviously stand-ups usually write mm-hmm. all their stuff. I don't know too mm-hmm. many of them, but, uh, no, I write all my stuff um, and, um, do you have, is it, uh, I have, if you go to my website, is there anything filmed or anything on? Yeah. If you go to my website, there's a few of my demo videos on there tomstewartcomedy.com um i put a few demos up there for people to see but um you know i don't put too many videos out because i want people to come to see me i don't want them to watch me on their computers you know so um right right so there's a few out there you know but if you follow me on social media or twitter or something i'm always cracking jokes on there anyways so i'm always trying to be funny i'm trying to make that you know my image so when i when i tweet (laughs) something it's usually because i have something funny to say occasionally something serious but mostly it's something funny or funny to me anyway yeah and that's good humor is definitely a lifesaver oh yeah yeah it's gotten me through a lot of hard times so i know a lot of people can relate um Mm -hmm. all right well we're gonna bust out of here we're gonna uh the the wormhole is gonna come to an abrupt stop and (laughs) like all the passengers can uh exit on the left and uh <laughs> matt's wormhole is closing out there everybody keep fighting, fighting that good fight my friend thanks for it having is me closing. on thank you so much for yeah thank you for being on here and i look forward to following you more on twitter everybody out there definitely follow tom uh check out his podcast um email him do whatever contact try to figure out stuff and get them to share that information and uh, we can all learn from the things that you've, that you have to, uh, that you have the knowledge of. So so. thank you for doing what you do. Thanks man. Um, uh, Everybody check out, check out the uh, worm, uh, check out the wormhole manifest podcast, uh, Twitter page, uh, worm fest pod and the Instagram. And if you want to be on the show, email us at wormhole manifest at gmail.com. There is a link tree slash slash wormhole underscore manifest website that has links to all of the uh, social media sites and all that stuff. So if anybody's interested on being on the show or just checking out what's going on, you can find us Spotify and all the other places you get podcasts and stay tuned for future episodes where we talk more about mental health. Um, We're going to go into some more mind mindfulness and meditation uh, movies, anime games, all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Tom, once again, thank you for being on. Uh, I've enjoyed your time on here, and the discussion has been really cool. So thank you. Thanks, Matt. Take care.